following is an encore episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. Any email addresses, web URLs, or other time-specific information may no longer apply. Please visit davidaspect.com for more information. Thanks for listening. Biz Tools Podcast, Episode 16. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast, practical advice for today's busy business leader. And now your hosts, David Speck and Jerry Frentress. Welcome to the Biz Tools Podcast. I'm Jerry Frentress. And I'm David Speck. And we are your hosts for this episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. And biz is spelled B-I-Z. David, what's the topic for today? Well, this topic is going to coincide a little bit with the uh, June issue of Biz Magazine, which will be everywhere tomorrow, and um, that is customer service. This is what makes or breaks businesses, in my opinion, that there are so many choices today of where you want to spend your money that price is not always the, the one determining factor of whether or not someone's going to do business with you or buy your product. They're looking for something more. And so I felt like this is a great topic to discuss with our listeners because they deal with customers all the time. If you have a product or a service, you've got somebody that you're trying to convince to do business with you. And I feel that we can give them some practical tools that they can use to improve their customer service. I will pay more. If I get good service, mm -hmm. I will go back. I will pay more. And the young millennial guy in the next room over here, one day he, he said, you know, I've gotten to the age. I'll pay more for good service. Right. One of the things that I haven't been able to figure out is we got away from customer service back in the 80s. You know, we went to from full service to self-service gasoline. You know, it used to be you'd pull up, the guy would run out and he would wash your windows and check your oil and, and, and you never had to get out of the car. But then all of a sudden the price point thing came in, the, the inflation hit and the price of gas went up and they were trying to figure out ways to, to save a buck. And so people were willing to pump their own gas. But something happened with that, that everybody jumped on the self-service bandwagon to where customer service kind of went the way of the dodo, if you will, that, that somehow in the interest of savings, you had to get rid of service. Um, bag your own groceries came into play in the 80s and the 90s, and some people embraced it. You know, here, here's a way that I can save money on my grocery bill. But let me tell you. The successful grocery stores today, if you'll look, are the ones that are now carrying the bags out and they're going the extra mile on customer service. Because we've come to the, to the place in our culture, I believe, that if I'm going to spend my money with you, I want something more than a product out of you. Right. I don't want cheap. No. No. I've gotten to the point. I don't want cheap. Uh, great story, I think. Years ago when I started my business, and I began talking to uh, people about service and the power of words that we select to use mm -hmm. to describe how we provide service or whatever we're doing, I looked up power, powerfully persuasive words. Mm -hmm. And I, had a, I printed out this list, and I said, first thing you notice on here is free is not on here. Cheap is not on here on the list. Mm -hmm. It was all about the quality, words that would reflect quality for the uh, purchaser. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about money. In fact, all of them, the people that I talked to agreed 
is I grab my wallet and when somebody says, oh, it's free, and I'm backing up, <laughs> I'm backing it away. Oh, nothing's ever free. No. You're paying for it somehow, some way, or they can't stay in business. I want the service. Mm -hmm. I want to be taken care of. One of the things that I've noticed, too, with the advent of online businesses, the advent of, of buying products online, customer service hasn't gone away. As a matter of fact, I think it's gotten better. Let me, let me explain. A big box retailer, let's, let's use Best Buy for an example. You know, Best Buy is going through a lot of difficulties as of late because people come into their stores and then they buy the product online at a cheaper price. But what a lot of people don't realize is that that online retailer where they're buying is generally giving better customer service than the than the local home operated, um, what would you call brick and mortar store? I'm not saying necessarily every Best Buy. I'm not saying necessarily every brick and mortar store. But what's happening is you have team members and employees who could give two flips. They just want to take your money, or you know, you're an interruption to their day. And then when you go and you deal with an Amazon or you deal with a Zappos or, or one of these on, these retailers, not only are they thanking you for the business, they're surprising you with free shipping or they're, they're letting you ship it back to them at no charge. They're making it very easy to do business with them. And so you come away with this feeling that you got better service from this uh, electronic entity than you did from a real person in a real place. And what businesses have got to learn today is that they have got to provide not adequate customer service, but excellent customer service. That the that the bar has been set higher in some certain arenas than it's ever been set before. Um, I told you um, at our last podcast, you know, I read the book "Delivering Happiness" by uh, Tony Sai, and his big thing was surprising the customer. They only promised five day delivery, but often they would ship something overnight to give that wow, that 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 great feeling that this company really cares about me. And they and they they have people they don't put their um, call center on a time clock. They, if you're on a phone with for an hour with a customer and you don't sell them anything, that's perfectly fine. You're building relationship, and this is the mindset. This is how we're training the marketplace. They're beginning to expect this. And so if you're merely in business, doing business the way you always have been, and it worked 10 years ago, five years ago, or even two years ago, you may have to back up and regroup and say, wait a minute, how can I give great customer service? Because that bar is constantly being raised. And I'll hike. I'll take a hike. Yes. I'll go someplace else. I'm too mobile, mm -hmm. and I'm too concerned about getting service that I'll pick it up and I'll move it. And then on top of that, I'll do them a favor. Since they don't want business very well, I'm going to tell other people. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to go there. If you want good service, go here. This is where it is. And guess what? We tend to do that online, on social media, where, where we used to just tell one person or maybe two or three people. We make one post on Facebook or on Twitter, and we may have literally hundreds. Some people even have thousands of people who will see that negative feedback about the customer service at a business. Even if it's an isolated incident, guess what? The damage is done. And, and, and the, the view of that company has now been diminished, sometimes in a very great regard, because I'll be honest, I've gone, I've not gone to places because somebody had a bad experience there. 
especially in the restaurant business that that's that's easy you know that's throwaway stuff but i've even you know i've even avoided certain retailers um because of what i have seen or how they've treated people that i know and on the flip side i never knew what zappos was never knew knew what it was was a company i don't buy shoes my wife buys shoes for me. My wife tells me what I'm going to wear. But at the same time, when I heard about the customer service of Zappos and there was a certain shoe that I wanted, and for those of you who don't know, I wear a size 13, so finding a shoe for me is challenging. Guess what popped into my head when we couldn't find one in the store? Zappos. Zappos. Yeah. That's how it works. And we, as local businesses... I, I own newspapers. I own a magazine. I own a, a printing company that that will print to the general things for the general public, whether it's business cards or brochures or whatever. We have got to provide excellent levels of customer service. We we go above and beyond to exceed the expectations of people because if you merely meet expectations, you have not done a single thing. It's not until you exceed that expectation. And some of the things that we do: early delivery, get it to them before they expected it or thanking them after the sale or having your people very knowledgeable to where when they come in you can take care of them nobody says that's not my job or i have to ask somebody give your people the authorization to make some decisions and to take care of customers without having to shoot it up some fictionary chain of command that really doesn't exist most small businesses you know the chain of commands two to three people you know give those people the power to meet that customer's need and exceed their expectations. Why? Because it matters. How does it matter? If you and I'm sorry, I talk to business people all the time, and I ask the why, the why question. Why do you do these things? Why should you do these things? Because it'll pay off. Yes. They'll make money. They'll make money because I'll come back. I'll continue to buy from you. I'll buy more from you. I'll tell other people great things about you. It's 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 a building process that's so easy, I think. Give me service. Provide me with a little extra help. Show me how to do what, what I need to do and where to get it. Even if it is, you might want to go across the street. Mm -hmm. Ever had that happen? Oh, yeah. That somebody, a salesperson, has said, you can probably get a better deal or the, 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 the correct product you're looking for over there had it done to me uh, recently, and they referred me to another big box store that they knew had it. And I'm appreciative of it. Where am I going to go back? The first one. Because they were kind to me. They were good to me. I like that. Let's, let's look at it from this <laughs> standpoint. Business owners, those of you, I'm talking to you right now, business owners, you will sit there and you will take money in preparation for your retirement and you will place it in a 401k, you'll place it in an IRA, you will place it into something with the expectation that over time it will grow. And that growth is five years, 10 years, 20 years, but you know that every dollar that you put in there has the opportunity to grow. Customer service is the same type of investment. You may not make a buck off of that customer today, but you may make several bucks over time because each time that they have a great customer service experience with your company is another investment, another deposit, if you will, into their bank that they're going to then turn around and not only spend with you, but tell others about you. It's, it's an investment just like any other investment that you would make in your business. It's not a... Hey, I buy this and get this today. 
It is a long-term approach. You can change your customer service culture tomorrow, and you're not going to see the direct benefits of it for maybe months, even years down the road, something measurable. But over time, what happens is, is you get exponential growth. You, you may not see a, a, an uptick in sales tomorrow, but over the long haul, you see the thing bloom, blossoming out and, and, and growing in such a way that you never could have imagined it beforehand. And it all gets back to how did I treat those people and how do I consistently treat people? One of our mantras for the, for the last year in our company is being intentional. And customer service is an intentional act. It's not something that you can do just haphazardly. It's not something that you can say, well, today we're going to be a great customer service company. You've got to get tools in front of your people. You've got to encourage them. And you've got to reward them for great customer service. People do what you expect them to do as long as they know they're going to have benefit out of it as well. And that benefit can be in their pocketbook. That benefit can be praise from the boss. That benefit can be all kinds of things. But in order to provide great customer service, you have got to create a culture of great customer service with your team. And that comes from where? The top down. The top down. I agree. You've got to tell me, if I'm the new guy on the block with your company, you've got to tell me what you expect, why you expect it, and then reward me if I deliver it to our customers. <clears throat> Pardon me. Service is such a uh, almost an intangible thing that's floating around the the place of business that is being generated by the the leadership of the business, be it the leadership that's on duty right then and there. Right. And it's it's got to be asked for by uh, everybody that works. How do I treat these people? Why do I treat them? Car dealership. One day I was asked to speak to the sales department. Had all these sales guys and gals in this one room, and I said, what am I worth to you? Which immediately shot right over the heads of everybody in the room. <laughs> I, I said, what am I worth to you? They still didn't get it. And I said, well, how many cars am I going to buy with what's left of my life? Say I'm only I'm 30 years old. How many more cars will or trucks or vans can I buy in the rest of my life? They still were looking kind of wide-eyed. They hadn't thought about what I could do with my lifetime value right. for them. And finally, the sales manager came up and, and, stood, and <laughs> he can buy 15 cars between now and then. And I said, you guys make a commission, right? Well, now imagine the commission on 15 cars. And oh, by the way, I'm married. Oh, by the way, I have a son who lives in this marketplace that is married. Do you think I'm gonna tell him or her and my wife about the product that I'm buying? And if it's any good and was the service great? Yes, I'm valuable. Yes, and one of the things that you have to learn if you're going to provide great customer service is you've got to get you, you've got to look at every situation through the eyes of the customer. I, I I've as you know I've had a recent experience um, with with car shopping as well, and I realized I, I got to talk with the salespeople and you know we we put the focus on them. You know, you need to sell 10 cars this month. That's your draw is based upon this. You need to make sure you hit 10 cars this month so that you, you don't have to pay back or, or you or you get to keep your job. Now, where do you think that focus goes to that salesman when you tell him that? I've got to sell 10 cars a month. There comes somebody in the door. I've got to sell him a car because I've got to sell 10 cars a month. 
the 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 focus he sees the whole the whole encounter through his own eyes through what his needs are as opposed to seeing it through the customer's needs you see if if you see a situation through the needs of the customer or the expectations of the customer then all of a sudden you close more sales because you ask questions like, well, what are you looking for? Or why do you want this? Or, or what, what can I do to help you? Or have you thought about and, and instead of dragging them over to the, the first product that you think you're going to make the best commission on and start telling them all the great things about it, you explore, you find out what their needs are. You may find out that, that, this this couple that's coming in is not even buying for themselves they're buying for their child and or they may you may find out it's their first car that they're buying together as a new couple and they can't really afford a whole lot you know and, and you start working with their budget with them but you, you you don't see them as dollar signs you see them as people people who need help people who that you can help change their lives with what you have to offer but if you're simply looking at them as the next sale that you need to make you're going to lose it and and they're going to walk out of there thinking that they've been bum rushed and and convinced to buy something that either they don't need or can't afford and they won't be back zig said stop selling start helping yes and there it is it's all about the customer it's about being successful with the customer and delivering what they need, what they're looking for, making them happy with the, the process here, and then they'll come back. They'll buy more. After you've helped me, then I'm going to come back to you. Why not? Well, yeah, I mean, let, let's, let's go back to the original scenario I used. Let's say I want to buy a camera, okay? I want to buy a camera. And I know that I can get this camera for 20% less online with free shipping, but I'm going to go to XYZ camera store. Bob works in XYZ camera store and I've seen Bob once or twice in some of the circles, you know, or maybe I've never met Bob, but Bob comes in and I said, look, I want this, this new fangled digital dual lens, 3d taking camera. And Bob says, well, why would you want that? What do you plan on doing with it? Now that's going to set me back because you know I want what I want. I've seen the I've seen the media marketing and I've it's been in my Facebook feed and I see this awesome camera and then Bob says, "Well, well tell me what you plan to do with it." And then I say, "Well, I don't know. I've got three young children and they're all you know growing up too fast and I want to capture those moments and I want very good quality." And then Bob says, "You know what? That camera's awesome for a lot of things, but it's a little bit too much camera for you." Let me, let, let me show you something that, that'll do it. Let me show you some examples of some photos that were taken on this camera. Oh, and by the way, there's a, a, a three-year warranty on this camera. If you're out shooting the kids and this thing drops, you come back and see me. And I'll make sure that it gets taken care of through the manufacturer. Who do you think I'm going to buy from? Bob? Or the, or the, or the no-name whatever out there that I'm just a number two, you know, out in cyberspace somewhere? Well, I'm going to go to Bob because Bob's going to take care of me. And, you know, Bob's not going to sell me something I don't need, even though I want it. That's the that's the weird part. You know, we in the sales business, if a customer really, really wants it, sometimes you have to be willing to say, no, you don't. This is better for you for what your needs are. Uh, when I went through Dale Carnegie training, uh, one of the things that that really stood out to me, and I, I never really grasped it, but the, the the instructor held up a drill bit. He says, I'm a drill bit salesman but I don't sell drill bits. And it just, I, I looked puzzled. He says, this is a quarter inch drill bit. You know what I'm selling? And I'm like, 
a drill bit. And he goes, no, I'm selling a hole. You don't need this unless you need a hole. You got to figure out what holes your customers need and then give them what they need to fill that. And that's that's great customer service. That's understanding the need. Being in the newspaper business, we get all kinds of phone calls. And there's sometimes people are upset and it has absolutely nothing to do with what we did or didn't do. Sometimes they're just confused as to, to, you know, why there's a newspaper in their yard and it may not even be ours or whatever. And we have to put ourselves in that situation. You know, we can get upset with that customer and, and be ugly to them or even hang up on them. Or we can kind of put ourselves in their shoes and say, well, ma'am, we don't deliver there, but you know, and she, you know, and then you find out they're, you know, they're an 80 year old lady and, you know, these things are piling up in her driveway and it literally hurts her to walk out to the end of her driveway to pick them up. And then all of a sudden a great customer service person will do this. Well, ma'am, will you look at the, the, the front page? I tell you what, I will call them and ask them to quit delivering it to your home. Had nothing to do with you, but what, what is that end feeling from, from that lady who called in with a complaint? These people care. And, and who, who is she most likely to tell this story to? You know, other people who may do business with us. That is how you provide great customer service. That Thinking in, in terms of those people and doing your dead level best to treat them the way you would want to be treated. Another great quote brought to mind by what you just said about how the lady felt. I will remember what you... I may remember what you did. I may remember what you said, but I will remember how you made me feel. Yes. And not being able to solve their problem, you can still provide great customer service even when you can't solve the problem. Right. Just like your experience with the big box store that sent you to another big box store. You know, solve the problem. Give, give them some reason to say, you know what, those people down there, they care about me. And what's funny is you really do if you really think about it every customer that comes into your door every customer that calls you on the phone everybody who sends you an email you really do care about because if they went away you wouldn't be in business so now just instead of looking them as, as an aggregate uh, revenue stream look at them as individuals you will start building a relationship with those individuals and really caring about them but you need to sell me on that you need to sell me, I'm in your organization, and you said a little while ago, it comes down from the top. Mm -hmm. Someone at the top, head man, head woman, has got to say, we're going to provide outstanding service. Mm -hmm. We're going to create raving fans, however you want to say it. Right. And then say, here's how we do that. Yes. And one of the things you said, I'm going to give you the power, the authority to make decisions on the line for the customer. Not give away the store, but do the, the right things. Yes. Yes, and, and it has to be constant and intentional. You have to remind people of it all the time. It's got to be in front of them all the time. I remember a, a um, seminar you did with my, t my team here, and you, you, you talked about smiling while you're on the phone, that people can literally feel a smile. They can tell the difference when you're through your voice, whether you're smiling or not, and that simple act can diffuse a lot of situations and give some great customer service. But the follow-up to that is when you see somebody in your office on the phone, you kind of need to start pointing your fingers to the corners of your mouth as you walk by, Mr. Leader, and say, smile, smile. Yeah. Mr. Rourke, remember the show Fantasy Island? He would, as the plane comes 
flying in and the people who are getting ready to come off. He says, smiles, everyone, smiles, you know, because people want to engage with a smiling face. If you look like a sourpuss, chances are they're not going to leave the encounter with a good feeling. Now, I'm not saying you be somebody you're not, but you do be intentional. If you pick up the phone and you're dealing with somebody in the public, smile. They can feel it. They can understand it. And, you know, even if you can't help them, and some people, you know, you know, I'm sorry you can't help them. Be apologetic about the fact that you can't help them. Say, I am so sorry. I wish there was something I could do here. Let me give you some options to help hopefully solve your problem. But unfortunately, this is just something we can't solve or help you with. And that'll even go a long way. Now, there are some people, though, that no matter what you do, you're not going to satisfy. They're just that way. They're out there. And they can suck the energy and the life out of your company. These are people that I call customers that need to be fired. We all have okay, had them. Okay, wait a minute. You're going to fire <laughs> you're going to fire a money uh, spending client? Yes. Amen. You have to sometimes. I agree. And and you know, and I've even said, you know, on it's usually on the phone. Most of the time the people aren't confrontational enough to do it in person. But I'll, you, I'll have somebody on the phone, and I realize that there's just no way of satisfying this individual. And I usually say something to the extent of, it seems we've reached an impasse. I've done everything that I know to do to help rectify this situation. And unfortunately, I, I feel like there's no way that we're going to be able to resolve this. Thank you for your business. I am hanging up now. And then I just won't take the call again. Um. Now, you, you know, it's kind of a catch-22 because of, we talked about the social media thing. They may just totally ruin my reputation online. But let me tell you something. The people that are close to that problem customer probably know how they are. And number two, if you are providing excellent customer service all the time, the one or two people who have a problem with you will be looked upon as anomalies that – Others will say, well, that's not the experience that I had with them. They've been over backwards or they did very well to accommodate me. Maybe it was just a problem, you know, somewhere else or something. It's kind of like in the military, we had, we had this saying that in your personnel file, if you had a letter of commendation, it was called an oh boy or an attaboy. And in there, if you had a reprimand letter, it was called, I'll say, oh no, <laughs> but it was called something else. And they said you had to have five attaboys for every oh no. Well, the mm -hmm. same is true in customer service. If you have enough positive experience, the one negative experience that's out there, it carries a lot of weight. Negative experiences carry a lot of weight in the marketplace. But if you have an overwhelming number of positive experiences, you can cover that one negative experience. All right. Service, great service pays off. Yes. Okay. You know what we're going to do next week? Next week, we're going to talk about a very similar subject, and this will be client service. This is for business-to-business -business people. These are for the people that go out and call on other businesses and provide services to other businesses. There's a lot of similarities between client service and customer service, but there are enough differences, and there's enough steps that you can take to set yourself above the fray that I think you'll get a lot out of this, this upcoming I'm going to look episode. for that. You're going to fire the client again, and we'll watch <laughs> that take place. That will do it for this episode of the Biz Tools Podcast. We hope, David and I, that you have found the information today useful for your business. 
If you have any questions, please post them in the comments section of the show notes. We'll do our best to answer them. The show notes for this and all of our episodes are available at biztoolspodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Okay, we'd love for you to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people will know about it. You can do that by going to www.biztoolspodcast. Remember, biz is spelled B-I-Z. Biztoolspodcast.com forward slash iTunes or biztoolspodcast.com forward slash Stitcher. We really would appreciate your feedback. Until next time, check your uh, your toolkit. Is that right? <laughs> check your toolkit. And come on back and be with us again. Remember, applied knowledge is power. Be the leader you were always meant to be. So long, everyone. <laughs>